KCAW in Sitka. Today is Friday, December 16th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. The Alaska Supreme Court on Wednesday heard oral arguments in an appeal brought by the Sitka tribe of Alaska over the management of herring. The tribe asked the high court to reverse a 2021 Superior Court decision that ruled in favor of the state on a constitutional claim. A final ruling on the matter could take months. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. In 2021, lawyers for the Sitka tribe of Alaska argued that the state hadn't met its constitutional obligation to provide the best available information to the Board of Fisheries, as it considered a number of proposals to limit the commercial harvest of herring in Sitka Sound during its 2018 meeting. The tribe claimed that the state had omitted a particular document called the Martell Report, which recommended a number of improvements to the way the Department of Fish and Game estimates the amount of available herring in Sitka Sound. At the time, Juno Judge Daniel Shalley ruled that the state broke no rules by failing to provide the report to the Board of Fish. In his 13-page decision, he wrote that there's no requirement in the sustained yield clause of the state constitution for the state to provide the best available information. Over a year and a half later, attorney John Starkey challenged that claim before the Alaska Supreme Court. But our point is, despite how difficult it is, how technical it is, it's up, it's up to the decision makers to make a judgment about all those issues. You know, once it's revealed, there can be a dialogue between the department and the board about the report. But if the board never gets to see the report, the board never gets to ask those questions, the board never gets to make those judgments for itself. It takes the power away from the rulemaking authority to see the evidence and for them to determine whether it's too technical. In addition to that, Your Honor, it takes away the opportunity for the public to see the report. Kimber Rogers, representing the state, argued that it's the Board of Fisheries' responsibility to balance the economic, ecological, and cultural concerns in its oversight of the state fisheries, not the courts. This court has repeatedly stated that courts may not substitute their judgment for that of the trained biologists and other scientists hired to manage Alaska's complex fisheries. But this is exactly what the tribe is asking for. They're asking for micromanagement of the decision-making process. But the text of the Sustained Yield Clause and this Court's interpretations of that clause do not impose such a duty on the Department to provide any particular information to the Board. Rogers maintained that although state biologists weren't constitutionally required to provide the Martell Report, their comments on regulatory proposals at the 2018 Board of Fish meeting were nonetheless informed by it. Rogers said providing the whole document would not have been useful for board members. That said, you know, herring were already returning in substantial abundance. So, you know, the department is going above and beyond and trying to do everything it can to make its forecasting model better. And that's what the Martell report was about. But it's highly scientific and technical, very difficult for a layperson to digest. So, no, the department did not directly provide the Martell report. Rogers also argued that the board could have obtained the report through the public process. It was never intended to be suppressed or concealed by the department. 
So, but certainly I think members of the public could make public records requests to the department and say, please send me all the relevant information you have about this issue or that issue. And then the department would have some obligation to respond to that public records request. And then they might have, you know, as part of that, gotten the Martell report and been able to provide it to the board themselves. Starkey, however, challenged that assertion, arguing that the state was overestimating the capacity of the board to obtain material that wasn't provided directly by the department. The agency has got the information. They're holding it. Sitka Tribe might have known that they were going to work on trying to prove the model, but they sure didn't know that there was a report out there that explained how and what the problems were with the, with the current model, and that was relevant information. In her remarks, Senior Justice Dana Fabe suggested that the case pivoted on the idea of whether the department had failed in its responsibility to supply the board with all the material needed for it to make an informed decision about Sitka's herring population in 2018. That our role is to ensure the agency is given reasoned discretion to all the material facts and issues. How can the board give reasoned, its reasoned discretion that's beyond our review once they take a hard look to all the material facts and issues if those haven't been provided to them. But to me, that's the bottom line of this case. The Supreme Court has taken the matter under advisement and will issue a written decision at a later date, which could be months away. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. The changing economy and the changing finances of the state will produce some hard conversations at the Sitka School Board in the coming months, and board members want more time to discuss the challenges, including the continuing decline in students. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports on the board's December meeting. Although it doesn't feel like it in Sitka, gas prices are coming down across the nation along with the price of crude oil. While this is good for drivers, it's bad for everything else that depends on state funding, especially education. Last spring, when oil prices were soaring, Alaska's legislature created a budget balanced at $87 for oil, which actually felt cautious at the time. But just last week, the price of crude dipped to $74. The new financial reality is going to dash some hopes that Alaska schools will finally see a boost in state funding along with stable funding for more than one year. Sitka School Board member Tristan Gavon didn't attribute his mood directly to oil, but he was deeply concerned about the future as he delivered his report to the board at its December 7th meeting. I have struggled to put words to paper for this board report and only recently realized why. I realized recently that I feel something of a sense of hopelessness for where we are and where we have to go as a board, district, community, and state to ensure that every student in SSD receives a well-rounded and high-quality education. More than anything else, school districts across our state are underfunded and under-resourced, and there doesn't seem to be the political will to change things at the state or local levels. The state is by far the largest funder of Alaska schools through a formula called the BSA, or Base Student Allocation, which provides $5,960 per student to local school districts. Gavon said that it had gone up only $30 in the last eight years. Just accounting for inflation, he said, it should have gone up by more than $1,300 over the same time period. The shortfall, he argued, contributed to the first impasse in negotiations with the teachers' union in Sitka in over 25 years. Without a significant change in the BSA in the coming years, 
I'm not sure how we move forward as a district. Our teachers need and deserve better pay and benefits. But as a school board and as a district, we have no way to raise revenues. So are largely at the mercy of the state and local government. And by extension, Alaska and Sitka residents and what they are willing to provide. Gavon said that Alaska's open meeting law limited the ability of board members to get together to discuss the issues outside the board's monthly meetings. He wondered if the board should schedule more work sessions to brainstorm ideas, strategy, and potential partnerships to improve funding for Sitka schools. Board President Blossom Teal Olson and members Melanie Board and Todd Gebler agreed. We do need to have more work sessions just to go over things that you said. I feel that would be a great place to start. Although more discussion could help, so would more students. While the pace of Sitka's enrollment decline has slowed, it hasn't stopped. Superintendent Frank Hauser told the board that enrollment numbers during the critical October count period were below projections. Well, we are currently have 1,122 students um, in attendance in the Sitka School District. Um, some of those students are part-time correspondence students, only count as 0.9. The final number that we submitted to the state as our average daily membership was 1,112.1 students. That was 12.9 students less than what we projected. The financial news is not all bleak. In October, Sitka voters adopted a special tax on cannabis that could supplement the school activities budget by $300,000. A couple of listening sessions were held to gather input on how to use the money, and the district sent out a survey. One of the questions was open-ended. Hauser shared some of the results. This is just a sample of the 38 uh, pieces of feedback we received, um, you know, targeted towards lower-income students who otherwise cannot participate, especially travel costs, um, equally supporting travel for academic activities as well as athletic activities if possible. Um, I would prefer that all students get a share of these funds to subsidize their participation in activity of their choice, um, support field trips at the elementary school, use directly for kids, um, you know, and help everyone, please. These are just some of the you know, feedback uh, that we received. Student board member Felix Myers urged spending the money in proportion with some of the highest activities costs. For him, that meant high school activities involving travel. When you're talking about a $200 trip every month, Meyer said it adds up. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. And I'm Brooke Schaefer. That was Raven News. Now taking a quick look at the weather for Sitka. It's currently 43 degrees outside under overcast skies. Today in Sitka, we can expect scattered showers before 9 a.m., then mostly sunny with the temperature falling to around 32 by 5 p.m. Northwest winds 5 to 10 miles per hour, becoming northeast in the morning. Chance of precipitation is 40%. Taking a quick look at our community calendar. Sitka Film Society and the Coliseum Theater present the film of the Broadway musical Come From Away, 5 p.m. tonight, Friday, December 16th at the Coliseum Theater. For more information, call 907-738-0602. And you're tuned into Morning Edition on Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. The time is just about one minute after 7 a.m.